This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, because that is by the time that it will reach everybody. Your 10 and 4 Cleveland Browns, Sunday Night Football, uh, 22-6 victors. Um, I see folks trying to complain about some aspects of this. Uh, the defense, um, they give up six points. Uh, this is a team that beat Seattle two weeks ago. Uh, not sure where that's coming from. Offensively, uh, number six continues to roll, except for a bad screen call late in the game. We would be talking about a third straight 300-yard day. We're going to get to all that more as we break into Victory Monday on Locked on Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, and from Sports Illustrated, Mr. Pete Smith. At underscore Pete Smith underscore your victory Monday. Locked on Browns is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the league, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. Uh, guys, I know guys and gals, I know everybody, it's been rough for two straight primetime games, um, but the outcome of both games, I don't think anybody is too upset with that. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. Pete, uh, six started out hot. Um I guess we can, you know, start with the offensive side of the ball. Two ninety-five yard touchdown drives. Um, he seemed to just be in rhythm. We we talked about it in the pregame, and maybe there was a middle of the road here where I thought this game was going to be a little bit more of a blowout. You thought it was going to be a little bit, you know, closer. Maybe a little bit more blend from both our general thoughts. Um, the offensive side of the ball, you know, Chris Hubbard obviously down early, and this is something obviously we had harped on, you know, about the MetLife turf. It's not the greatest, and you know Chris Hubbard for the as great a job as he's done this year. Uh, you know, tough circumstances for him. You Go throw in rookie, 30. you throw in rookie Nick Harris. Um, you get to see Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, Jacob Phillips started tonight. Uh, Pete, you see a draft class really starting to contribute. And now we're talking about the the later day picks getting their opportunity. Um, but look, there's no style points. This isn't about you know trying to get yourself to a, you know, some sort of college playoff system where all of that matters. None of this matters. It is all about wins and losses. You go in here, um, all the storylines were there. Uh, none of it really turned into a hill of beans as far as this game. Cleveland Browns walk out of here, 26 victors, go home for a couple of days, open some Christmas presents, and then just rewrite the same routine. And maybe we'll mention it at some point. Um, and you go and face the New York Jets next week. And who knows? Maybe the Browns will now be a trap game for the Jets. But uh, all in all, Pete, you went in, handled your business, took, uh, went into an inferior opponent's house, um, did what you had to do, walked out of there with a two-touchdown win. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean outside of the, the fact that the Giants held the ball to uh, forever on those first two drives. I think it was safe to say uh, once the Browns got past that fourth and two, they didn't get, and even on that drive, they sort of moved the ball pretty well. Um, 
that they were in total control and you didn't doubt they were going to win. I mean, that's sort of the issue is the Browns defense is just bad enough to make you nervous uh, before you realize you'll be fine. Um, And the Giants obviously contributed. They played to win, um, not willing to sort of take field goals early, uh, trying to go for it, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, And the Browns were able to hold enough that uh, they they stopped them, got those plays, and then the offense sort of took control. I mean, the offense had seven possessions, which is embar- becoming an embarrassing situation, but they marched right down the field on three of them. Baker Mayfield was uh, outstanding in terms of just taking control of the game, uh, just picking picking the defense apart. Uh, I mean, he, he completed 84% of his passes at, at over nine yards an attempt. Uh, obviously the Giants were down with a couple DBs out, uh, including their best, and the Browns took a full advantage. The Giants stopped the Browns rushing. Uh, they only got 110 yards at the very end of the game, which is certainly against type. But you know, at the same time, it's 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 certainly a positive. Earlier in the year, they probably would have struggled with that. Um, and and it may have been a battle sort of like Washington started out and some of these other games they had really early in the year. And now it's just, okay, so we'll just pass the whole time. And 297 yards later, uh, they, they could have thrown forever. Uh, the, the, the giants were helpless in that aspect. And, and I, and I don't know if they ever got their hands on a pass uh, throughout. And there was only one pass where I, I felt was like, maybe on the verge of being in danger, which was the one he fit in a, in a joke. And I still don't know how that one happened, but uh, that's just how good he has been. Well, the one in a joke, that was kind of like your heat check. Like, you know, how, how good am I today? Um, Cause I seem to be hitting everything. Um, and then even, you know, the touchdown to Jarvis um, and everybody, here's where Jarvis was wrong. Yes. The giants player initiated it, but forever. And this has always been the case. Who's the one that's going to get cost. The second guy, you know, whatever, say what you want to say, threw up your one, three for Odell, spike the ball, go about your business, man. This is New York Giants. This is somebody that you are not focused on. They mean nothing to you right now. In the grander scheme of where this team is headed, the New York Giants are literally just a blip on a stinking radar screen. So to lose your cool in that moment, and I get it, whatever, you're emotional, this, that, and the other thing. And yes, maybe the other guy initiated it, but you were the one that got caught. You were the one that got flagged. And you're also now the guy who's got the reputation for it. So these officials are looking for it. Poor on your part. Everybody, though, Pete. I mean, and this is when we get back to when we talk about Baker at his finest, using the palette, everybody involved, uh, whether it's all three tight ends, uh, one, two, you know, three wide receivers, uh, the running backs. It's just when he gets in these zones, it doesn't seem like there's anything he can't do. And Collinsworth, with, with his Elway reference, look, that's <laughs> don't do it when you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. But Pete, footwork-wise, the release is drastically different between both of them. But footwork-wise, his point wasn't that far off. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, every, every game there's been sort of a wrinkle. Uh, and this week it was refreshing to see that that wrinkle seemed to be Austin Hooper, here's the ball. Uh, and he had uh, 
you know, yardage wise, I think he only had 41, but he caught five passes, including the t- a touchdown. Uh, and they just continue to find ways to cause uh, defenses problems. And, you know, they, when they miss weapons, they find other guys to step up and step in. You got more from Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, you know, could they have won it without him? Sure. But it's n- a nice little extra that the Browns are getting. Um, and to their credit, you have a lot of players who are making the most of their opportunities. Uh, you know, I think you can make the case that Higgins dropped the one ball maybe in the corner of the end zone. But other than that, the Browns were clean on that front. They just took care of business, caught the ball, and made a lot of plays. Everybody looked good. Uh, you obviously have the issue with Chris Hubbard. I don't think he's coming back this year, and I don't know if he's going to be back for the early part of next year. Uh, I, well, he doesn't have a contract for next year, so, I mean, you know, that could have been Chris Hubbard's last snap, and, and something there definitely looked like it, it, this is not going to be resolved within six to eight weeks. I mean, for me, if he was able to get off the field, maybe MCL at worst, um, so maybe he, you know, but, yeah, did not look good, especially the way that leg just crumbled. Well, and, and you know, that, that New York Stadium or, or New Jersey is a hole. It's a dump, and their sod is awful. And it's it's 100% what happened. His foot got caught. His knee crumpled right under him. And I expect we're going to find out he told, tore multiple things in his knee. Um, just awful. Uh, you know, this is the same – grass that absolutely massacred the, the San Francisco 49ers. The Browns have to come back and play on it next week. Uh, you know, a lot of credit to Nick Harris. He came in cold uh, and played well. He only really had one really poor snap. And other than that, he was, you know, fine uh, on the verge of being good. Uh, he's just active, uh, plays low. Uh, you know, he, he's a- athletic. He's got no he's choice active. but to play low, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's he's <laughs> – He's squatty. Uh, he's he's, like he's a that. bouncer. He is literally built like a bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just looks like a freaking ham. It's just you watch behind him. He's got no neck and it's just a circle of him just plodding along. You look at like Jack Conklin and, and, and Jedrick Wills and, and, you know, Wyatt Teller. And these guys look great physically. JC Treader looks almost cut. And then Nick Harris just <laughs> rolls in literally and just does right. him and Joe Batonio. Joe Batonio is another one where the, he just, the body, the, the body composition just does not work with him. He's a phenomenal athlete and he just looks awful. <laughs> as a phenomenal athlete with the physique of Kevin James. The yeah, I mean, the he, like he, he is, he's in the, he's in the fight for like worst football body ever and he's one of the best athletes in the league uh so you you got that they, they you know again the running game was not where they wanted to be I, I don't know that it rises to the level because they were able to sort of move on and deal with it uh but i do but I, you know we're getting to a point now where that you know that thousand thousand thing is all but dead and yep. you know if if they don't pick up, Chubb's not even get get to a thousand, uh, which is interesting. All of a sudden, that that things have changed so quickly. And obviously, the Giants are a good defensive front. They, I mean, that's why they were able to win four games in a row. They don't give up points. And the Browns, you know, they won sort of handily, but they only scored twenty. 
And that's sort of what the Giants do. So, you know, the Jets may be, you know, the team that sort of makes, uh, you know, ma- makes everything feel right uh, next week, especially, you know, they, they, they may be for, for a massive letdown after that uh, franchise crippling victory that they got. Uh, so, you know, a lot, a lot of good stuff. I mean, the biggest thing is the Brown, it, it despite the score and despite the defense, the offense made it look easy. It never looked like it was out of control. It never looked like it was really in doubt. And, it, you know, it was just sort of, it, you know, that was sort of the ultimate business trip type win. Get in, take care of what you got to do, get out. And that's really what that game was. Uh, no doubt about it. And we'll flip it up here. We'll talk a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, for Nick Harris getting his first, you know, basically his first you know, real legitimate playing time, um, it definitely seemed like he's obviously in his playbook. He's paying attention to his meetings. Um, and look, you know, to be a backup center, you never know when your playing time is going to com- come, um, especially with a guy like J.C. Tritter who could go out there with, you know, basically all four limbs, you know, supported by braces. And he's going to show up every week and he's going to do his work. So Nick Harris is in a really tough position. Maybe he really could be a good center in this league right now. Um, but you're playing for a team that's just got, you know, a guy that's just a battler. And there's just no other way to describe it. And even on that last run, he was out there and he's lumbering and obviously labored. It almost looked like the Ernest Johnson said, just get out the way. We got the first down. Don't get run over. Don't get caught in a mess. And, uh, you know, as far as Adam Gase to the New York Jets, I believe that was his, you know, calling card of, you know what? You didn't fire me. My job's to win games. So, well, now go ahead and fire me, and God bless you for whatever comes from there. But, yeah, obviously an interesting turn of events today, NFL-wise, as the Jacksonville Jaguars, as it is currently constructed, are on the clock, so to speak. Get to a little bit more here. Uh, Obviously, defensive side of the ball here. Final game thoughts, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Your victory Monday, postgame, locked on Browns. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you all about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. Launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, that's it. They are gone. We all know that Diamond Engagement Ring is iconic. It is a timely, timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Pete, the defensive side of the ball, and it was just hard to not even... Notice it. This has been the most active Carl Joseph we've seen since he's been a Cleveland Brown. And God knows the state of that safety position. It was needed today. He was highly active. He was highly involved. 
whether it was coverage, uh, the you know part of the onside kick recover at the end, but fluid throughout, short tackling, uh, just really, really nice day from Kyle Joseph. Well, he was the best linebacker on the field for the Browns, and he doesn't play linebacker, but he also had a couple really. Well, should, should, should we should we even just mention the fact that a certain linebacker didn't even make the cut to put on the uniform tonight? What's worse is that when he was asked about it, Kevin Stefanski just said it was my decision. Like, ow. Uh, but not only did Carl Joseph step up and make a bunch of tackles in the box, but he had a couple of key plays when it came to uh, diagnosing what the Giants were doing uh, on a couple of play-action concepts. And one of those things that the Browns would run later where they have the tight end sort of you know, fall down uh, not really fall down and then keep running. And he was able to diagnose that, you know, make a hell of a play on the ball, uh, you know, cause he couldn't see where the ball was. He just sort of had to reach out and poke it out. Uh, so, I mean, he, he did a lot of things that Carl Joseph is clearly capable of doing and we've been waiting for it to happen. Uh, and the problem is he's just been so wildly inconsistent this year that you'll get some of these games and you'll get games where he's just genuinely be genuinely awful so i you know i it it was it was nice to see that because the browns didn't have many defensive players play particularly well in this game uh you know and and you know and no point, six points yeah it, but i mean like at no point did the defense look like they were in control like that's the thing and that's what's frustrating is like you know, you watch teams like the Ravens and the Bills, and they're pouring in on these bad teams, and you sit there going, why don't the Browns do that? Well, the Browns don't get off the field. They don't get stops. And, like, you look up, and when the Browns hold the team to a field goal, which which is a good result, half the quarter is gone. So it's, like, it's just tough to sort of be able to, to do that. And you fear that when you get into the playoffs against, uh, you know, some of these teams like um, – potentially let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers both in week 17 or the playoffs where their, their defense is very good. Uh, and, you know, if they just hold the ball for a long time, the offense has really no chance to get in rhythm. And that could be just what stymies them is they just don't get the ball enough. Uh, so that's where it becomes a potential issue. Certainly there's a lot of things going on. Miles Garrett, you know, is clearly, dealing with COVID-19 effects still. He he looks just he, – he looks like he's playing with walking pneumonia, just the way he's cons- consistently gassed. Uh, and, and he was able to get the sack at the end, uh, which was nice. Andrew Thomas, you know, a great job on his part. I thought he did really well uh, blocking him. But, you know, clearly he's not all there in terms of – which is what you'd usually count on for Miles Garrett. And then you lose Sheldon Richards into the neck injury. You know, hopefully it's just sort of like a stinger or a pinched nerve because he was able to walk off. Not like he fractured the thing and they let him walk. Um, but obviously, you know, they, they don't have enough guys and maybe they can live without him without the, you know, against the Jets. But you certainly want him back for the Steelers game. You certainly need him back for the postseason. Uh, if you're going to do anything in that capacity. So it's just tough. The Browns defense is not in a position where they can afford to lose players. I mean, getting Denzel Ward back was really nice. Uh, Obviously they're still missing Ronnie Harrison uh, and some of these other guys that are just playing at some partial capacity, uh, you know, so 
I, you know, Kevin Johnson, I thought played really well, you know, another game where you barely see him. And the one time you do, it's making a really nice play in coverage. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's things that are working. There's things that aren't. And, and there's things that really do concern you. The Browns sucked against the trap and some of those concepts where they're just pulling one lineman and clearing out space. I mean, Sheldon Richardson did a great job reading one and sort of backdooring it by stepping back and around to where the hole was going to be. But that's, you know, that was a great awareness play by him. But so often, you know, you're just seeing a, a lineman just wall off multiple players and just an easy opening up the middle. That was uh, certainly concerning. And they kept giving up big plays that way. Yeah. And it makes you, you know, look, if the Giants had Squan Barkley back there, uh, there was probably a, a lot of meat that was left on the bone because the running backs they have just, you know, are just severely lacking in you know, God-given athleticism. I mean, these guys were doing the best they could with what they were given, but, you know, a player like Saquon Barkley probably would have eaten, you know, quite a good bit here um, in this with, you know, once he got to the second level, third level, et cetera. Um, Jacob Phillips starting this week. Um, Pete, this linebacker unit, look, it's not great. And, and nobody's ever going to admit it's too great. And, you know, as far as, you know, you know, who's one, who's two, none of that matters. But I think you've gotten down to this is going to be your pecking order for the foreseeable future of these 2020 season as far as this ride goes. It's B.J. Goodson. It's Taki Taki. It's Jacob Phillips. It's Malcolm Smith, and that's it. Everybody else is here to play special teams. It's these four, and they'll go through it with them. You know, Phillips had, you know, one where he overran one. You know, Malcolm Smith is probably the most intelligent as far as, you know, uh, coverage on the defensive side of the ball. B.J. Goodson, he's probably, you know, He's probably done more than what he's been paid for at $2.5 million. He's been a good Mike. He gets everybody in line. Taki Taki, I, I just think we're seeing a, a player whose role, you know, if he can grasp it and be ready for it, a role will continue to grow for him as I think he just – he gives everything he has and you know, follows his assignment out to the letter. You know, Sheldon Richardson obviously was big on the, you know, him and Redwine with the big fourth down. Um, stop, which actually Rich, uh, Sheldon Richardson had beat Kevin Zeitler, coincidentally enough on that. But this linebacking group, look, it, it's not perfect, but I think you're getting to a pecking order and you're starting to understand at least what these four can bring to you. Um, and there's going to be teams who are going to want to run the ball, um, and we're not really going to see them next week. We're not really going to see them the week after that. But you got to be ready for all facets of it. And, uh, you know, I think they're at least, you know, I think they're better than we – thought they could be but again that's not saying that they're world beaters yeah i mean you just in in so many ways you look at like that side of the ball and you you see guys at their best who are lunch pail guys like you know bj goodson's a good example like he'd be a very good 11th guy on your defense he's not seventh like that's you don't want to be in that situation. And he's 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 a nice role player. Uh, I think he's probably overperformed slightly in past defense this year. But you know he's basically a a, a rundown guy, a special teams guy, and and, and a, you know valuable professional who has a real valuable impact on his position group, which weirdly doesn't cost fourteen million dollars. Um, he. He gives you whatever he's got. And the Browns have a lot of those guys, which is going to sort of get you by in some, you know, against a lot of these 
weaker opponents, but obviously gets exposed against some of the best teams you're going to face. And when you get to the playoffs, that's, you know, there are teams with far fewer holes and more talent that can expose those type of guys. I mean, uh, but you have a, a lot of guys like that, like Tavier Thomas, you know, he doesn't really play defense anymore, but he's the ultimate, you know, try hard, whatever you've got type guy. I'm going to leave it all on the field, you know, whatever cliche you want to use, but he's really good at his job. I mean, the way he yep. plays is valuable uh, in terms of sort of setting a tone for your team, but he's also really good at his job. Some of these guys will, you know, would die for this team on the field, but you just, you, you don't want them to be in that position next year or, or in the future. Number 51, notwithstanding. Yeah. And I don't think he doesn't try. I don't think he doesn't want to be good, but he's just not. He's, but also the other thing is he's just not good enough to be a part of this team right now. That, that's what it comes down to. You've got to realize that this, this team is going to another level. And now it's, you know, are you good enough to be a part of this? And you've got linebackers to play special teams. If you're not good enough, there's some guys that are going to get cut off here and it's going to really, really shock some people, but you're taking this up a level. And if you're just not good enough, we ain't got time to wait on you. We got to replace you. Well, that's, you know, that's what I think this off season is going to be. And again, I think he'll be in camp next year. Uh, just by numbers, he's, you know, he's essentially free, uh, to have him Unless somebody offer somebody wants to offer a day three pick for him but other than that yeah he's probably going to be here well i mean the browns could trade him straight up for patrick queen and nobody would lose but uh <laughs> the, the uh the but the, the issue like when if, if the browns do what we expect them to do which is to like really hit the draft hard on the defensive side of the ball and and do more in free agency it's going to be really hard to sort of skate by even if you're a rookie uh, there's just not enough space on this team anymore. Uh, offensively, offensively, that's already been pretty clear. It's tough to make this team. I mean, Dottrell Hilliard is more than a capable third back, and he was released just because they don't have enough room for him. Uh, you know, he got a job instantly, and, of course, he went to Houston, uh, as all former Browns running backs do. But, like, it's tough. I mean, wide receiver, the Browns don't have, like, studs right now. I mean, they're supposed to, but they don't. But even so, it's not as if, you know, it's easy to come in and, and take that wide receiver six job from somebody. Like, it's it's tough. The Browns are good enough that it's a really competitive field. Linebacker right now, you know, Elijah Lee is just hanging out, you know, you don't know what he's going to do. Uh, he may play special teams a little bit, but I mean, it's just like you have guys you never see and you're just sort of like, Oh, right. He's still here. Um, and that's, you know, that's presumably going to change. And obviously they need to sort of strike lightning to get a star at linebacker in the draft or, or some underutilized free agent or something like that, that comes in and plays well. But a lot of that's going to be a product of being sort of the, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th best player on the field, as opposed to being studs and just making this defense work. That's just not where this team is going. No, I mean, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, the baby's growing up before your eyes. Um, and there's going to be, t there's going to be players on this team as we go further um, that just 
aren't good enough anymore and we ain't got time to wait on you. Uh, we tried, but uh, we got to move in another direction. And it's a good thing. Trust me, folks. It's a good thing for your Cleveland Browns. 20 to 6 winners, Sunday night football. Your locked on Browns. Victory Monday post game show. Pete Smith joining your host here, Jeff Lloyd, as we continue to move on along. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust at Locked On. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, whether it's tomorrow night, uh, you know, uh, Monday Night Football, Steelers, Bengals, woo, barn burner. But either way, yeah, prop bets. Um, you know, we'll just bet the game straight up, all be all over college football. We now have the NCAA Final Four revealed. You want to get in early on that. Uh, NBA is tipping off in a couple of days, so plenty of ways to start getting your appetite going. And God knows, with this week being Christmas week, a lot of you guys are going to have a lot more free time. So be sure to get in on that. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON with, for your sign-up bonus, 50% bet online. Also, make sure to check out uh, anything, everything on the NBA Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, as you know, seventy-two days as quick as the turnaround is, uh, NBA is back starting this week. Uh, Pete, was a lot of talk throughout the day. Um, you know, uh, these are the games to watch. Who can help the Browns? Look, you didn't get no help, and that's fine. Look, you're in the driver's seat. You control your own destiny. Don't worry about it. Don't scoreboard watch. Handle your business. And again, 20 to 6, not flashy, not pretty. It ain't something you're going to, you know, deliver flowers over. It's straight up handling your business, like you said earlier, against an inferior opponent. You know, Colt McCoy never had anyone on their heels like, oh, this is really going to get out of hand. You know, a throw or two early. And that fake field goal, my God. And for everybody in the world, no, Joe Judge did not let Freddie Kitchens call a fake field goal. He's not a special teams coach. He's a tight ends coach. Joe Judge has been aggressive with this. He did it against Dallas earlier in the year in the game where um, Dak Prescott broke his ankle. He's a former special teams coach. He likes to do this stuff. But come with something better. I mean, if that's the case, just go for it. But at least come with something tricky. Because once you got everybody running left and right, and now you're going to you know, basically say, uh, we're going to put the ball in the hands of our punter and see if he can find a way to throw you know, a, a touchdown from the 10-yard line. I don't think you appreciate the brilliance of a long snapper eligible passing play. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, <laughs> they had it. I mean, they didn't miss the throw; it was there. Uh, you know, you're the you're Joe Judge. You're a career special teams coach. You're trying to put a 
imprint on your team where you are sort of, you know, most equipped. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to try to do that. I, you know, again, they had the play. If they made it, it looks great. Um, it didn't, you know, it ultimately doesn't really matter. So, you know, I, I, I don't fault the Giants. I mean, if, if nothing else, credit, I give them credit for finding ways to try this thing. I wouldn't want to, you know, go for it with Colt McCoy either. So I don't really hate it that much. Um, I just, you know, the, the offense was never good enough to beat the Browns. It just wasn't. They don't have enough guys. Um, and, you know, they moved the ball far better than they should have. Uh, but, uh, overall, I mean, it just, whatever it was, a, it was interesting, I guess. I, I don't know the last time I've, I've seen that in the NFL where they actually rolled long snapper eligible. I mean, that's, that would be the reason to run it is because nobody would sort of prepare for that. You don't really see that. Uh, well, and the other thing is the only one who's going to really think to run it is a head coach who's better special teams coach. Yeah. I mean. It's it's fascinating, you know the the NFL. I mean, John Harbaugh is obviously a very successful head coach. It's interesting that you know that that, that has has not picked up more. You just have a, a a different sort of approach to that. You know, I don't. I, I give Jojo some credit for what he's been able to do, but you know, I I, I hope I never have to hear anything more about uh, you know coach of the year because that was always nonsense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And look, the NFC East is still as just weird and wacky as it ever was. Um, somebody was going to roll out that division and host a playoff game, which is really, really strange. We've talked about this, you know, a, a ton, you know, over the years. Um, and uh, you know, we all agree, you know, Miles is probably labored right now, and maybe the elbow is also causing part of these issues. Um, but it's nice to see Pete over the last three weeks, you know. And, you know, it's not to discredit Miles at all, but, you know, uh, a pretty high investment was obviously put in Baker Mayfield, who is currently the best football player on this team over the last three weeks. Yeah, uh, look, I, look, I mean, you, you you hate that this is what has happened to Miles Garrett. It, it just feels like another year that's sort of been sabotaged by by something – outside the norm obviously you know the, what happened last year is his own fault uh whereas this year it's not i mean this is just you know it's un, you know in, in so many ways you just say it's Short unfair and yeah yeah i mean it just sucks so i mean but but you do have to give them credit for being able to win and if the browns can get him like fully back for the playoffs then you know maybe these other developments come together and they're more effective obviously olivier vernon has played much better football recently. Uh, you're getting more production out of some of these uh, these other spots. Uh, obviously, you need Sheldon Richardson help, healthy in that aspect. Larry Ogunjobi has played much better since the bye week. Uh, so there's a lot of things that you sort of look at and go, yeah, that's interesting. Obviously, Jacob Phillips uh, getting getting opportunities there. I mean, there was one play where I was ready to send him home. But he did make some nice plays and some run fits and some things which I don't haven't seen from that position, uh, which is nice. Uh, obviously, he's a rookie; he's got to keep getting better. There's upside there that it can get better, uh, which is the difference to me. Uh, so, you know, the, these next two weeks, if this is where they continue, and I don't see any reason they wouldn't, 
Um, you know, you have an opportunity to sort of improve uh, as, as you have a young player sort of get these reps late. Um, that to me is at least worth watching. Obviously the Jets, you know, we'd like to be able to say, oh, the Jets are a win. You know, if, if, if the Browns lose that game, much like the Rams, they should be kicked out of the league. Uh, but at the same time, it, it becomes an opportunity for a guy like Jacob Phillips to just get reps, just a ton of reps in game, figure that out hopefully he can you know he, he he's probably not going to be a factor in the playoffs i mean that'd be great but hopefully it helps him carry over into what will be year two where he's much more fortunate from the injury standpoint and maybe he can step up and play in that role that they sort of envisioned for him yeah and you look at this entire rookie class and you know a lot is still going to be hopefully put on grant Elpit in year two without getting to take a regular season snap in his rookie year. Um, but everybody now starting to get a taste here. And from the way it was phrased about Wyatt Teller, um, it looks like Nick Harris might be a right guard for the next two weeks. So for him, another guy here, now just added opportunity, you know, Harrison Bryant, it was almost funny Pete, because uh, the one where he took it, it almost looked like he slowed down a little bit and it almost looked like he was a father with a newborn baby coming out of the hospital making sure he got that baby to the car seat and put in there safely. Um, but look, it, it shows that he understands he's made a mistake or two and doesn't want to commit him anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a team wide thing. I think the Browns have gotten good enough where they can really focus on eliminating mistakes and firming up their technique and you've seen a lot of growth from that standpoint particularly from this rookie class uh Jedrick Wills uh had a really nice game today um obviously last week you know, he had some issues with the Ravens I think may have been past his bedtime um <laughs> you know some of these other players are stepping up Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, you know, again, I, I I I can't say enough that I that I think the Browns with him and Harrison Harrison Bryant in particular, the flexibility they have, they they don't feel like they have to play him, and they can sort of pick their spots. I really do think is beneficial for them, and may give f uh, fans some false sense of where they are. But at the same time, that's the job of the coaching staff: put your guys in positions to succeed, and they've done that with both those guys. Obviously, Harrison Bryant. Uh, today squeezed the ball like he was trying to take the air out of it uh, when he caught it each time. He was not going to fumble, even if it meant walking for yards after the catch, uh, which is fine. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a couple of nice plays. He continues to be like this little bright spot. You're not, you're certainly not talking yourself. Well, I've seen some people try to do this. They're like, well, he, you know, you're not talking yourself into starting him next year or anything along those lines, but you're at least saying this kid's interesting. I want to, you know, I want to see what he looks like at, you know, with another off season and uh, what is hopefully a more normal off season. What does it look like when he's gotten better? I mean, you know, all these people constantly trying to, you know, uh, defend and tell me how great John Dorsey was uh, other than Grant Delpit who ruptured his Achilles, the Browns are getting something out of every member of their class uh, that they've drafted this year. And, you know, it's, it's not just putting a body out there on the field because you need one. It's because they're earning it. Um, you know, Nick Harris obviously sort of forced into duty here, but he played up to it. He didn't 
didn't fail. You don't have guys playing there just because the guy drafted him and said he has to be in there. You're seeing guys take the right steps and progress. And that's one of the reasons I think the front office and coaching staff has been so impressive because in this very unique year where you have every excuse for your rookies to suck uh, and have a minimal impact, the Browns are getting something out of just about everybody in the class, in their first class as a front office. Yeah, and it just shows that, you know, there's it, these meetings and everything. It's, you know, it's, it's, you're not just showing up. You better make sure what's going on because at any given point in your time, your number could be called. And obviously these young kids are paying attention in, you know, look, they don't really know any different. Um, you know, they can talk to other players and they can describe their experiences or rookies, um, a whole new world for these guys, but they are all, you know, to the point when their number's being called, um, they're not killing them. And that's what you're going to ask for when you get to your seventh offensive lineman, or you get to your, you know, for Donovan Peoples-Jones, his opportunity was as the fifth wide receiver, but Odell gone, Hodge gone. Now all of a sudden here's your opportunity. And guys are stepping up, and it's great to see. Um, it's great for the future of this team. It's great for the now of this team, um, and understanding that there's you know going to be roster turnover on the defensive side of the ball, but you know offensively it just looks like you know maybe what you have in house for the most part is a pretty solid group. Your victory Monday edition, your post game edition of Lockdown Browns, Browns twenty to six winners in. Uh, in MetLife against the New York Giants. We're going to rerun this back next Sunday, 1 o'clock against the Jets. Um, 10 and 4. Still control your own destiny. The Colts also have 10 wins. You have the tiebreaker over the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, Dolphins fought out a victory today, as we all know. Um, you know everybody else continues. So we'll see how you know, next weekend goes. I'm not really concerned what anybody else does. I, I, you know, The Browns, it's in front of you. The opportunity is there. Find a way. Get it done. And for now, they're continuing to do that. Obviously, a tough loss Monday night. Able to focus, go in here, get this W. Six-starred um, defense did enough that what they had to do. You got to see you know, a player like Nick Harris step up. Just a great, great win for your Cleveland Browns. Ten stinking wins. He is Pete Smith. Browns Digest on SportsIllustrated.com. Make sure you're checking everything out over there. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. You guys know the drill there. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open, as you all know. Questions, ideas for the show. Some of you just aren't, you know, more shy. Would just prefer to do it through DMs. I try to return everything I can. Ten and four, headed back to MetLife next Sunday for the Jets with a real opportunity at win number eleven. This has been. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.